Yes, my friends, and welcome back to the John Mahon Show, powered as always by Forever Loud. Welcome back. Yeah. To me and you. <clears throat> Just you and me, baby. Yeah. Monday nights. Yeah. Always a good, always a good time. Yeah, Monday Night Raw. I, I quite like doing it on Monday. Yeah. I've got into the swing of things. Yeah. But, I, um, yeah, I started running. Have you? Yeah. Let's go, Oliver. I feel like a new man. Well, say new man. I feel old <laughs> and achy. It hurts, doesn't but it? But it's it's baby steps, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh getting the first week out of the way of running. Yeah. Then I'll start showing it. Are you stretching <laughs> as well? Yeah. Dude. I know it's as a fair. man who's torn his Achilles. I do stretch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I do like five minutes. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. But, um speaking Liberal. of baby steps. Oh. Well, we'll talk about this a bit later. But you meet six. Yeah. And they, they got a song called Baby Steps. Do they? <laughs> What's that song? <laughs> I can see it, the music video, and he's like that. He says, Babies. I don't know. Do we'll fi- we'll figure it out. If someone can. If someone Anyone can in the chat know, right now, does you meet six have a song called Baby Steps? Does it have the words Baby Steps in it? Or am I just. Is Maybe. it like the Manda- Mandela effect? Yeah. Is this like uh, the cornucopia <laughs> and the fruit of the loom? Maybe it existed in a different universe. Yeah. The multiverse yeah. of route. Anyway. Yeah. How are we doing? Yeah, good. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Yeah. Six Nations are back. As a rugby fan, it's good to have some some rugby back after a rugby what, World what Cup. What nations? So it's Italy, France, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and England. Are they, I guess they are nations, aren't they? All of them are nations, yeah. It's not like continents, is it? No. Otherwise, that's, just, that's just one continent. Yeah, otherwise, yeah well, they, <laughs> the UK does have a team, the British Lions. They play every four years. They go to like New Zealand, Australia, or yeah. South Africa. So, yeah, just watch that. What about you? Loads How was of chunky men yeah. running into each other. Lots of, I do love sports with big sweaty men. I'm a big pro wrestling guy as well. What about you? What was your you weekend? into pro wrestling? Yeah. You haven't mentioned it. Have I not? Well, we're going to be talking about pro wrestling that, a lot on today's show, actually. Or the bastardised football. The, American the bastardised version. football, yeah. The way they didn't use their feet as much. How was your weekend? Good. I didn't do much. Good. At all. Nice. Sometimes it's good to do nothing. Yeah. Just have a fuck all weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Played PlayStation. Nice. And yeah, sat around in the old, uh, <laughs> in my <the> boxes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's a great image of Ollie to get today's show started. Just picture him in your Just underwear. Just a little inside into my life. That's what you meant to do when you're nervous, isn't it? Picture people in your un- in their underwear. Has that ever worked? I've never been in a position where I've needed to do I've, it. oh, I haven't pictured people naked, but I've done many a presentation and there's no nothing that I could do to counteract how bad I hate presentations you're not a big public speaking guy are you no and especially when it's like well the only public speaking i've really done is like corporate presentation shit yeah and this show but then it's like you're sat in a room full of like your bosses Mm. but i feel like there's a different type of pressure yeah you're like office based pressure (laughs) yeah it's just it's just an unnatural thing to do yeah pitch in front of yeah well you're you're talking to a guy who presents for a living so yeah Do you know what? I did the Heavy Music Awards twice. Yeah, you crushed that. But both times I got very drunk. And all I had to say, really, was, let's check out the nominees. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the first, no, we, me and Alex, my old boss, did the first ever Heavy Music Awards. House of Ends. At House of Ends. And it was us and Creeper co-presenting. And you'd think, like, they're the, ba- they're the artists, they're the actor, is used to being on stage speaking all the time. Yeah. You'd think they'd give them the lines to say. But they gave me and Alex, like, a fucking paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what do we do? I can't even remember what the award was. But it was like, 
Oh, he's like live music. He was like live music is the life force of the music industry. I'd like I'd like a little paragraph Let's to read. Go. Did you have the teleprompter? Yeah, but they yeah. put it on the floor, which is just. <laughs> the worst place to put one yeah because i remember when i did it at wembley they said that there's a teleprompter in front of me and so they have like the, the see-through one the see-through yeah. one yeah and they were like use it if you want but they're like effectively all you really need to say is the nominees are and then after that the winner is bad omens with the death of peace of mind how did that go great up until i had to say the album name <laughs> got away with it it's because, right, I was have, I was saying, I was retelling this story to someone else the other day. It's like, when you say peace of mind, it's like, oh, I just do it for the peace of mind. Like, oh, it would give me the peace of mind if I do that or... So it's death of peace of mind. Yeah, that's the album name, death yeah. of peace of mind. Whereas like, you naturally want to put the word the into it. It's like, oh, I just, for the peace of mind, can I just... Yeah. Yeah. There was no peace of mind had. There wasn't. No, it was just pure anxiety. They did. Mind. They weren't there though. They yeah, care. exactly. Like no. Noah was too busy doing his cool introduction from a stage at some festival. Yeah. Can't believe they didn't fly over. Fly just, <laughs> just, just to accept that award. Just so I could give him an award. Well, my friends, you will be rewarded on today's show because we've got so much coming up for you. How was that for a segue? Awarded, rewarded, yeah. Yeah, good. sound. We have got so much to talk about in our one because news is is flying left, right and centre. But in hour two of today's show, we will be joined by Saints of the Undead Clothing. Lee, who formed this brand, has worked with some incredible names. Friends of the show as well. People like Motionless in White, Atreyu, but then, as alluded to, big pro wrestling guy over here, and he's done stuff with the likes of Soraya in AEW, formerly known as Paige from WWE, as well as Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest from The Judgment Day. So very excited to talk clothing within rock music and metal in hour two yeah maybe get some free garms maybe we can make you <laughs> we can talk him into making you an outfit imagine dude like his work must be worth so much because i'm fairly sure i'm like 99 sure when soraya wrestled at wembley stadium for aw yeah she came to the ring wearing one of his jackets sick yeah and they've got a bit of cash haven't they AEW. Oh yeah, pro pro wrestlers love throwing money into the ring gear. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about that. So oh, that's our two. Isn't Soraya, she's from Norwich, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. One of my mates, shout out a little small poor girl. <laughs> small poor girl. <laughs> I think you might have met him. I went to uni with him, but he grew up. I think he went to the same school as her. No way. Yeah, that's a great six degrees of separation. Yeah, that's like, that's like one. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't have to look very two, far for that. Is that two degrees or one? One degree, I believe. Yeah. A degree of separation. Well, in our one of today's show, we've got so much news to talk about. We are going to be talking about one of my favorite artists, Elenium. He did a huge show over the weekend at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, performing his albums in entirety, and loads of big name features came out for that one. The Ghost Inside, and we were joined by Chris, the guitarist of The Ghost Inside last week. They've announced a brand new album and a brand new song. Didn't say it though, did he? Definitely didn't, no. We was we were just talking. I don't think he actually knew. Yeah, I didn't. Don't think he knew because as soon as this show finished, Chris actually messaged me on Instagram and was like, "Hey, man, we're announcing everything next week." And I was like, "Oh, we probably should have had you on next week." But still, very grateful for his time. So many of the stories that he told were unbelievable. And we'll check out his riffs. Yeah, on the new song "Wash It Away," new album "Searching for Solace" on the way to this year. We'll be talking about Shikari's big headline tour that kicks off this week. This week? Yeah. yeah. It's this week. Fever 333 supporting as well. Annoyingly, they're not doing a Birmingham show. Are they not? No. Oh, that's annoying. I feel like the closest ones... Nottingham? Nottingham, yeah. Nottingham. Yeah, probably have to go to Nottingham. And then we'll be talking about Yumi at Six's big announcement. 
which Ollie alluded to at the start of today's yeah. show. Baby steps. There you are. Sadly, but I mean, 20 years. Yeah, hell of a run. Fucking hell of a run. Most bands don't make 20 years. Nah. So. Yeah, hell Good of a run. Them. Good run from Yumi at six, but we'll get into that in a second. But where we want to start on today's show is speaking of announcements, the massive news that came out earlier on today what a monday morning treat this was if you're a sleep token fan because we found out that to close out 2024 sleep token are going to be headlining some of the biggest rooms this country has to offer it is crazy isn't it dude when you think about it that's the run that bring me have just done minus 102 in london yeah like this time last year they don't i feel like it was just after like the first two singles came out. Which, Bro, they were playing the the O2 Academy in Birmingham. Yeah. Main room O2 Academy. O2 Academy, that was, was that like 2,000, 3,000? Three was standing. Three, Sorry, three was seating. 3,000 tickets. And fast forward a year. Well, this is the end of the year, but I imagine it will sell out quite quick. Ah, uh, dude. They're like 20,000. I want. I wish there were betting odds because I want to know what the under over is on how long this is going to take to sell out across the board. Genuinely. Like... It's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. Starting off at Glasgow Hydro, Manchester, Birmingham on a Thursday, London on a Friday night at the O2. Yeah. That's going to be fucking ridiculous. And then wrapping up at Cardiff's Utility Arena. Huge, huge run. And I genuinely want to know how how many sold out stickers are going to be slapped on that tour poster the well, day the fact, that goes I mean, on sale. They sold out Wembley in 10 minutes. Yeah. So... That's impressive, right? But they sold out Radio City in New York in 10 minutes as well. Yeah. Like, and that's... They sold out Red, Red Rocks. I mean, the whole they've sold yeah. out the whole US tour. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's one thing we we're going to talk about as well is like the global domination of Sleep Token can't be disputed now. Like, it is unanimous. This band... has got to deal with it. This band are taking over. Like, we're talking there about the US run that they've got coming up. And what... The only, ones that, the only one that isn't sold out the it's, festival dates the festival and they've just added a new one and there's a low ticket warning in montreal as well yeah but that's insane for a band from the united kingdom to be doing those kinds of numbers in the united states this early on in their career as well is borderline unheard of uh, three albums in it's been done before <laughs> no, but, but, like, no like, but selling out like this though no but the the thing that's different with this is just how quick they went from, like you say, two, three thousand cap yeah. to 10 plus cap. Yeah. Like within a year, like pretty much by the time the album came out last year, they were one of the biggest bands in the world. Oh, did without a doubt. Like the way in which the summoning went viral, because I forgot that that sleep token tour we're talking about where they play the O2 Academy in Birmingham, that was like January last year. Didn't they play... Was it Granite for the first time ever? It was. It was. It was. Um, the Summoning and Chokehold both yeah. got their live debut because they opened with oh, Chokehold. Chokehold yeah. yeah, they opened with Chokehold and went straight into the Summoning, and that was the live debut. But I swear it was like because they started the tour, so they've been playing the Summoning, and then they released Granite. Let's have and a look. then the first show they played after they released Granite, Granite was Birmingham, and that was the live debut. I know it's the summoning. The summoning live. The debut. summoning had its live. Yeah, pull up that set list. Let's have a look at that because this will be an interesting juxtaposition, actually. Right. So, this is the set list for Birmingham last year. So, opening with Chokehold. And Granite live debut. Oh, so Granite got its live debut. Oh, well remembered. 
Let's go. I think I watched it on YouTube. Because it just came out and then they played it like the next day. Yeah. Well, Aqua Regia getting its live debut yeah. as well. well they got re- so they did the sort of two single releases, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they did. So they did like Chocolat and something. But that's mad though. When you look at that set list, and in a second, we're going to pull up the Wembley set list as well, because I imagine that Wembley set list is what they're going to be touring around America. And it's yeah, probably going to be the, the US run as well. One set put us up there as well, because this, this is ridiculous. This. This set list is one of the best set lists I've ever seen. My only beef, I mean, there's a few beefs. <laughs> Obviously, I thought they'd do the double, the doubler with uh, The Night Does Not Belong to God and, and uh, Euclid. What? Imagine, what would they, would they <laughs> end it with? Because obviously, like, the end of Euclid has The Night Does Not Belong to God. Yeah. But they do it, like, back to back. What I would do in that situation... One second. Let me pull up the track listing for Take Me Back to Eden. Because this is how I'd work it. So, yeah, perfect. Right, so Take Me Back to Eden's in the set list. Right. So, Take Me Back to Eden, 16. Euclid, 17. And then... It just repeats the do, 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 do. That, the bang off stage, they come back on and then they encore the night doesn't belong to God. So if you're watching... Vessel. Vessel. <laughs> Big V. I know you're, you're a fan of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, make that happen. Yeah, imagine that as at, a run. At the O2. But let's just go through this Wembley set list for a second because neither of us were there that night. But as massive sleep token nerds, Opening with Chokehold. Again, small small thing I would have liked to have seen Chokehold just go straight into the summoning. Just because like that one-two sucker yeah. punch to open up, take me back to Eden, is so damn good. See, I've always... Do you know what I would have thought? Dark Signs, they haven't played in a while, have they? No, they... Did they play? I want to say they... I didn't see them. I've only saw that, seen them on the festival run, but they only did like 40 minutes. Yeah, I want to say they did at one of the festivals in America that I saw them at. Blue Ridge, they had a longer set, so I want to say that it's mainly yeah. Blue Ridge. But yeah, Dark Signs is a fucking rager of a tune. I'll tell you what always surprised me in Sleep Token sets. No matter how short their sets are, they always play like that. Yeah, that's a curveball for me. Yeah. Because I wouldn't put put it in like... I, li- I like the song, Yeah, I wouldn't put it in my top 10. Yeah, especially like when they cut out stuff like Jaws or The Offering. And it's like, but like that stays in the set list. Maybe they just really like it. Yeah. Like that. Like maybe <laughs> Vessel. really like that. Maybe Vessel is a big Kirk Cousins fan for you American football nerds. Do you like that? That means nothing to me. Yeah, absolutely nothing. But I tell you what, that's a very strong run post like that. Like Aqua Regia into Rain. And then I imagine like the into With dancers as yeah. well. Yeah. Sleep token with I dance. like the people. people uh, annotate. Yeah. Because obviously, I don't think we talk, spoke about it, but Vessel lost his voice. Yeah. Yeah, that was the biggest news going into that show. Yeah. So then they did... Because everyone was like, oh, he didn't, couldn't sing, but it looks like he only didn't sing for like three songs. Yeah. And then... Which, voice back. given the run of songs where it says audience songs for Vessel, those are three songs that push him in loads of different directions. Yeah. Like the summoning, he goes from like falsetto to screaming like in a heartbeat. Granite... Granite surprised me because Granite's very one, one note based. The thing it's is, like, if, you've da, lost, da, da, if you feel like da, you've lost da, your voice, da, da, da. you don't want to just go into a song. He's probably just using those three songs to sort of sing to himself, being like, can I do this? Yeah. Can I have I got my voice back? 
Yeah. I suppose Granite's quite an easy audience song as well. But also, but like, you forget, they still got all the backing singers. Yeah. I can imagine they sounded amazing yeah. in the mix that night. And to be fair, Love You Want, that's an audience participation song start to finish anyway. Yeah. Right. So then we move on to effectively like the third act of the show. So after the third interlude, come back on stage with Atlantic, which again, interesting choice. From... I think it's quite a, it's a little fan favorite. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's not my, not my favorite. I think in general, this place, this place, will, become, yeah. this place will become your tomb. Isn't my strongest Sleep Token album. Thing is. But I, I feel like a lot of people got into them from that album. But I feel like it's not, not. Because it seemed like when I got into the first album, it still seemed like they were quite a small band. Yeah. Like it was quite a cult following. Yeah. And then I feel like the second album exposed them to way more people. Oh, 100%. Well, especially with tunes like Alkaline, which yeah. is Alkaline on the set list. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's literally up next. Yeah, like Alkaline, The Love You Want. I'll tell you what was really underrated from that record as well. The last song on it, Missing Limbs. That's yeah. such a beautiful they played. Game. They played that in Birmingham, the that album at, at the institute and he just came on at the end with guitar with electric guitar oh yeah i forgot about it was that. just him and the guitar that was beautiful that was beautiful and then if we're like speaking of beautiful actually no to be fair there's one more surprise on there Hire's which is higher is a great song what was the song before alkaline was it nazareth yeah. yeah nazareth choosing nazareth over something like jaws is nazareth the first ever single yeah yeah because that's it's like from the same era as like calcutta because the first is it? I think it's Nazareth. It's basically the the first thing they ever uploaded on YouTube. And if you go on like the, should we get it up? Because it's quite interesting. Because it's the first time anyone sort of knew anything about Sleep Token. And oh, it's yeah. not even on their channel. It's on Basic Records. Yeah, in the just in like the description. Or maybe it's not Nazareth. Maybe it's Calcutta. Calcutta. But basically, it's one of the songs is basically is like a backstory of of Sleep Token. Well, so let's try Calcutta then, if that's the case. Because I'm genuinely curious about those. Wait, what was the what was the first ever Sleep Token? I thought I always thought it was Calcutta, or maybe they've just deleted it. But oh, yeah, one of them used to have basically like the description of what Sleep Token is, and like the description of what sleep is. So that was like the birth, ah, like Vessel's origin story. Yeah, but that's like the only thing that's been like public, like publicized by the band, I guess. Damn, it's quite cool. That's awesome. <clears throat> Because, yeah, like, so I, I was surprised by Nazareth over... I, put, I thought they'd have gone for Calcutta over Nazareth, but then again, I thought they'd have gone for Jaws over yeah. both of them. Show me those they haven't played Jaws in ages, either. I saw of, they played it last year, because the drummer posted a video of him playing oh, did it they? live. Ah. But for me, as soon as Nazareth finishes, that's where this set gets fucking ridiculous, because it goes into Alkaline, which for me is one of my favourite Sleep Token songs of all time like that intro just before Damn. let's talk about chemistry yeah. and then without a shadow of a doubt i'm gonna go on record and say this right now my favorite sleep token song of all time is ascensionism i can't stop listening to it man and with dancers as well Imagine that. yeah with dancers <laughs> hopefully they've got dancers at the end of the year on this ridiculously huge tour but then yeah higher and then into take me back to eden like again like i'd have probably cut Nazareth, and then if I'm doing Take Me Back to Eden, yeah, just do Euclid straight after, cut one of the other ones as well. The night doesn't belong to God into the offering, and then finish. Yeah, just go three sundowning songs to finish the set. You'd think because they've never played Euclid live yet, are they not? No, mm -hmm. so you'd think maybe they'll save it for this potentially this run, potentially, yeah. And then I don't think they're going to end 
the show on Bloodsport. I think that was just for Wembley. Just for Wembley. Yeah, which breaks my heart, man, because I've never seen Sleep Token play Bloodsport live. Uh. <laughs> it's the song that got me into this band. And they like when they did the Download Festival pilot, I heard that they had like tech problems before going on stage and they had to cut a song from that set because yeah. it was the set times were so strict so they had to cut the song they were going to play at the end which was going to be Bloodsport then when they played it at the Heavy Music Awards I was working the live stream and I was doing an interview at the time Sleep Token were doing the tail end of so they, the they only did like four songs at that but one of them was Bloodsport oh what Heavy Music Awards yeah I have seen it then I was what, I was there <laughs> I, don't re I don't remember them playing Bloodsport really Ah, oh, I got told by a couple of people. Maybe he had too many beers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. I remember they definitely played um, "Love That You Want." Yeah, I got to be a side of. I don't remember you. anything of that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like I was stood on the balcony and I was loving it. Mm. I had my hands in the air. <laughs> I'm still all of the love you want. And that that rarely happens with me. Yeah, I'm usually just that. Yeah, like you can tell Ollie's having a good time as if he starts nodding whilst the arms are crossed. Yeah. That's me having a good time. <laughs> um, so I, I guess our last question to wrap this segment up is who's going to be buying tickets for Sleep Token's biggest ever headline UK tour to date? I'm not sure when they go on sale. Should have a look. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to say like usually when they do announcements like this, it's usually like the Friday that's coming up. So I imagine it's probably like pre-sale Thursday night. Yeah. Artists pre-sale via the mailing list. So if you're on the mailing list, you'll get a, a link. I think you get a code. Okay. So that's how they do it these days. So everyone doesn't just pile onto the website. 10 a.m. Wednesday. 10 a.m. Wednesday? Yeah. Holy shit. So, I get, so if you're signed up through their website, you'll get an email. Let's go. So sleep but token fans. I did, everyone was complaining about the US one because they did the same thing for that. And mm. a lot of people were like, I got sent the... <laughs> the code the day after they went on sales like, uh, that. <laughs> that's annoying yeah. well make sure if you want to be especially like standing ticket for sleep tokens arena tour at the end of this year that you are on the mailing list wednesday it sounds like but yeah i imagine general sales probably get on sale friday then if that's the case <laughs> what else is in the email i'd wager good money on it being general sales yeah friday general sale friday to yeah AM. So general sale. sale Friday, 10 a.m. If you want to go see Sleep Token at the end of the year and watch that band sell out immediately as they do. Anytime. Watch them ascend. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready to worship. At the church of vessel. Yeah. Worship that vessel. Worship that big V. So that's our first bit of news for the day. Second bit of news. Sad news. After 20 years. Yeah. Yumi at six are calling it. Well, they're calling it next year, aren't they? Yeah. So, so I guess they've got stuff going on. So well, they, got, they got a slam dunk coming up. Yeah, that's what I was going to pull up. So it was. Did you watch the video? I they did. Posted? I it did. Quite emotional. It got, it got me going, that did. So yeah, as of the tail end of 2025, there'll be no more Yumi at six. That's what we've got to look forward to Final this summer, UK though. Festival is the final UK festival date at Slam Dunk 2024. Take on the world's going to hit so differently that day, man. Like, there's going to be a lot of tears kicking around Leeds and Hatfield on that bank holiday weekend. The thing is, I feel like it's a perfect final festival for them to do. Oh, 100%. Well, it's the first big festival they ever played in the UK. Like when, yeah, yeah Ben Ray put them on. 2007, I was there. Yeah. Millennium Square in Leeds. Yep. Who he, he was... Real big fish headlining than Paramore. Yep. There. I feel like Unit 6 opened it. Yep. Well remembered. Yeah. That's a man who's been around the music industry for a while. But that's so 
little little history, little backstory. In the old MySpace days, I used to be in a pop punk band, and we had a, had like one single out. And Josh from Union Six messaged us on MySpace. It was like, oh, I really like your song. No way. Uh, I want to get you on our like Scottish dates or something of their tour. I guess they had the UK already booked up. <laughs> And I, we were like, yeah, obviously we'll do that. And it never happened. No! I feel like he, he wanted it, but the management or whatever said no. <laughs> Imagine if a young Ollie Root would have gotten to support Yumi at six. That would have been like yeah. their debut record kind of territory as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, before, what's it called? Take Off Your Colors? Yeah. Yeah, before that came out. Jeez. And yeah, but that's like, I discovered them on MySpace. Yeah. I think I had the original version of Gossip. Wow. On my, as my... Uh, profile song let's go Anyone save else? it <laughs> save it for the bedroom was definitely a profile song of mine without a shadow yeah. of a doubt and the rumor do you remember that tune as yeah. well what a fucking banger they used to have a live video of them it wasn't like a, it was like live filmed video i think they were playing in like kingston like at the prism yeah well whatever it's called back then it was called something different but yeah and, and they think they had a different drummer at the time yeah before dad dan Dan? I want to say Dan. <laughs> Dan. I should know. I mean, we've been, a, you probably interviewed them a bunch of times over the years. I think it's just Max and Josh that I've interviewed. Yeah. We did a bit for them for Scuzz TV at um, Gibson Studios. Do you remember that? Done Matt, Josh and Max. Yeah. I think they're the members of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the one I did, it was Josh and Max. And I want to say that was Cavalier Youth album cycle. Yeah. Was it? Oh, yeah. I'm going to say 2018, 2017. I'd probably say 2017. Yeah. Isn't it mad that 2017 is seven years ago? Dude, someone... Is that a good maths? Someone was, yeah. Someone posted this on Twitter. I want to say State of the Scene, because State of the Scene keep doing this, where it's like, they'll post something that makes you have an existential crisis, which is, if Bowling for Soup wrote 1985 now, it would be about 2005. I, I, we said that when we spoke to Thingy, didn't we? I did, we? Yeah. yeah. I, I brought that up. I told you. I did you? Okay. <laughs> I saw it on the internet again this week and yeah. I think when I just saw it written down, it actually made the actual numbers sink in of how horrific that is. It's a weird thing though, because I feel like the difference from the year 2000 to like the 80s or to 1980. Yeah. The difference culturally is way bigger than it is from 2000 to now. Yeah. No, I'd agree. Hard agree. Because I feel like we, maybe not early 2000s, but like from mid 2000s, we sort of... It was like the internet era. So I feel like from then, it doesn't feel like there's been massive cultural shifts. Whereas yeah. if you showed someone from the 80s a mobile phone, yeah, they'll fucking yeah. their shit. Show them face ID, they'd be like, what are Just you trying to like do? Just like the internet. Yeah. Like no one had the internet. So like when we've grown up in it, so it, I feel like we've just traveled with the times. Whereas like the sh shift between, yeah. Yeah. And I tell you what they did have in the 80s that it looks as though that we're probably not going to have any more of moving, moving forward. Music television. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've had it to say was, goodbye again. Because video killed the radio stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and now YouTube's killed the TV. Yeah. And in the words of Bowling for Soup, there was music still on MTV back in 1985. Yeah. And now there's no more MTV. Well, the MTV still exists, but music television as a whole is unfortunately winding down because we got the news, was it last week? Yeah. Yeah, the Kerrang! TV is going to be turning off its feed, which brings an end to a lot of people's childhood because I was definitely a kid of this generation who would 
sit all weekend flicking between Kerrang TV and Skuzz TV and just yeah. ingesting whatever well, it was, was like, on there. Like, how else would you see music videos? Yeah. There wasn't YouTube back. Well, there was, but not in the same way that it is now. When YouTube first started, it wasn't music videos or no. anything. It was just Charlie bit my finger and that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I, yeah, I used to come home from school, put on a Skuzz and Kerrang. Basically, just flip between the two. Yeah. Until I land on a Nickelback video or something. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any songs or any music videos that really stand out to you from that time period? I mean, there's the obvious ones. Yeah, like taking out like Bowling for Soup and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just, who did, uh, there's a bunch of bands I discovered that I don't listen to now. Who was it? Chevelle. Chevelle. Remember them? Yeah. I face, was it re- Face to the Floor? Yeah, I really love that band through discovering them on Skulls of Kerrang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one that bring, comes to mind. Feel for a friend as well. My, right, I never liked Corn as a kid. And I'll tell you why. It's because I hated their music videos. <laughs> like the <laughs> the Freak on a Leash one, hated that music video. That's a fucking, that's one of the best music videos ever made. Oh, dude, I just couldn't stand it. Like, and, like tell you what, the only Corn music video that I liked, and it's the it's still to this day, one of like the reason why it's one of my favorite Corn songs is Twisted Transistor. <laughs> Like exhibit being oh, in the music video, it, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> isn't like little John in there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and t- I think Terry Crews is in it at one point. The thing is, like, you forget because <clears throat> music videos were such a big part of pushing a band. Well, bands would get millions for them. So the, yeah, this is back in the labels used to have such big budgets budgets for music yeah. videos because it's like if your music video blows up on TV, yeah, that's you selling out big shows. Yeah, that's you getting to the next level. So they used to put like so much money into the... Well, do you remember the Blink one where they were like, here's the check that our label gave us? like 500 grand or something. Yeah, for the rock show. And then at one point in the video, they just obviously run out of things to do. So they just start lobbing money off the top of a fucking porn shop. Yeah. I saw an interview with a guitarist from Papa Roach. Mm. And he was saying their most expensive video was Love Me Not, I think it is. The one where they're in like a sort of playground, like theme parky thing. Mm. And they got the director that did like loads of Missy Elliott videos and like all these big hip hop videos. And he he said that was like 750 grand or something. Oh my God. Speaking of music videos, actually, one of my favorite facts of all time is Michael Bay directed Meatloaf's music videos for like, I'd do anything for love until (laughs) I dream bad. Yeah. Is there any explosions in it? No. Uh. Other than just like meatloaf's love rocket. Yeah. But that was the thing. It's like just, I think I, when I joined, so I, I used to work at Skuzz, if you didn't know. When I joined, I feel like we was on, I'd missed like the heyday of like big, big budgets. Because mm. <laughs> I used to hear stories of like back in the day, labels used to send, like fly you out to America yeah. and stuff and like yeah. treat you to <laughs> take you to like dinner and stuff. I was lucky if I got like a sandwich or something. <laughs> But yeah, it was just it's just a different time, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think as soon as YouTube started picking up, and people like obviously people still make big music videos, but mm-hmm. they make it predominantly now for YouTube. Yeah, like so, I I got into radio just as those kinds of trips were coming to an end. Like yeah. when I first started working at Kerrang Radio, there were people when it was based in Birmingham. The the presenters that would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm just getting flown to this country to go and interview this person," yeah. and like flown over here to go and interview that person and then like music changed like quite dramatically and those kinds of things stopped happening and like the onus of promotion kind of came but it was just like instead of them paying us for to be on there it's like 
we just do it. They just do it. They do it for free, but it's like we still have to pay for location. Or yeah. So it comes out of our pocket rather than theirs. Yeah. That's how much the industry changed. Yeah. In a very short amount of time as well. I feel like streaming came along and then all of a sudden everyone just shit themselves. Yeah. It's like, where can we cut costs? Yeah. It's like, oh, all the money's disappeared because no one's buying physical records anymore. Yeah. And actually it's happened sort of the last week for universal yeah ollie was telling me about this this about uh about this before the show started i had no idea yeah so universal music have pulled all their all their songs from tiktok so anytime you want to do you put make a video and you can go into the music sections to add music there won't be any universal music artists because apparently it's like financial something about like they're not getting paid enough for the usage like there are artists, artists aren't getting like residuals I thought or anything t- i thought tiktok was one of the best for doing that though I thought that it's was just good for creators. Oh, like, is it? I feel like music wise, you're not making much from like, say someone uses your song. Yeah. It gets like millions of views. You're not seeing much of that. Uh. But on the flip side of it, it's a platform that's helped like blow bands up. Yeah. Case in point, Sleep Token. Yeah. Sleep Token, Bad Omens, both yeah. bands that have. So like, even though they're probably not making money from directly from TikTok, they're still, it's still helping them make money yeah in other ways yeah like live shows shows. yeah just building their fan base basically yeah which hopefully there's a work around that because like ollie was uh, explaining to me before we went live about how the impact probably won't be as noticeable on the big artists it's your smaller artists who maybe have like different deals where they're not directly signed to universal yeah so like some i think because it's just universal music like umbrella if you're if you're signed to a small label and your publishing's through or your distributions through Universal, it'll mean that your songs won't won't appear now, which sucks for like smaller bands. Yep. So everything sucks for smaller bands in two thousand and twenty-four. This is the most like backwards thing, is because now a lot of a lot of major labels, especially I imagine Universal, for the past few years, they've probably been telling their artists, "Oh, you need to do TikTok. You need to yep. get songs on TikTok." <laughs> and then they're like, ah, oh, we don't like the cut though. So, so now it's like, now they've got all these artists that they, they're like, oh, well you need to do TikTok, but you can't promote your music on TikTok. Yeah. It's like, go figure. Yeah. Well, something that is still very much alive and well in 2024 <laughs> is the UK festival scene. And we've been blessed with a load of huge announcements recently. And the most recent one entering ne- the chat. Yeah, Neck Deep Fest. Neck Deep Fest, yeah. We're getting into it. Reading and Leeds 2024. So we already knew that headliners Blink-182, Fred again, Lana Del Rey and Catfish and the Bottleman, Cinnamon and Gallagher. Gallagher. But there are so many new additions to this. I mean, obviously, Pendulum sticks out for us as a massive one, which on that Sunday, very... It's like they've done the sort of... I feel like Friday at Reading is like the rock day yeah and then saturday's more i don't know hip-hop <laughs> and urban <laughs> i don't know yes and then it seems like sunday's more dancey yeah it does seem like they've kind of given each day a genre theme so yeah friday is your main stage at reading for your rock music related stuff obviously taking two door cinema club out of that massive indie band but i mean huge slot for spirit box that yeah. that's fucking massive well does it i mean they've just been, well, they nominated at the Grammys Grammy. last night and they didn't win. But little nominated. band, little band called Metallica won. Ah, oh, of course they did. Of course, not that they need it. No, 
But also, the reason I said neck deep first is like, look how big their name is on both times the yeah this poster. Yeah, so they're headlining the Festival Republic stage, and then, and then like midday main stage. Yeah, like, and, big up. Yeah, there was a couple of people who were confused about that when they saw the line. They're like, "Why is Neck Deep on there twice? Have you have you made a mistake?" When well, it's not uncommon for rock bands to pull double shifts. I've seen. I remember Shikari. Shikari, Marmosets did it. I think Shikari hold the record for the most sets over a Reading week, and they did five. Five. Yeah, because they did main stage and then pit stage, and then they did an acoustic one on introducing stage. No. Yeah, that's only three. Oh, I guess, but then. Five. It was three. Six. At, no, no, because they only did the the, oh, the yeah. acoustic one one day, so it was like three at Reading, two at Leeds. That makes sense. But elsewhere on this lineup, you've got on the stage that probably is the most interest to the rock music fans. You got the Amity Affliction, which is good to see those guys coming over here. Saw Amity twice last year. I don't think I saw them once. They supported Parkway Drive in New York, and then I saw them at Louder Than Life. Yeah. They were, they were after Sleep Token at Louder Than Life. Nice. Yeah. Uh, who else have you got on here? You've got Loveless, who are doing numbers at the moment. Lambrini Girls, who I keep... I've not listened to them, but I keep seeing that name about. <laughs> Mannequin Pussy. Yeah, great band name. Yours Truly, who have been crushing it. Like, they get spun on Krang Radio quite a lot. Really good or band. Me. Oh no, you! <laughs> yeah, yours truly. Yours truly. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> and Love, that's a big slot for Love. But I tell you what, the one I'm looking forward to the most is that motherfucker right there. If we're speaking of Grammys, Skrillex actually won the Grammy for his song "Rumble" with Fred again and Flow Down, best electronic dance song at the Grammys, which is huge. So, yeah, that's Reading and Leeds Festival 2024. I mean, if you're if you're into your rock music, there's not a lot of options there, but I the like ones it. that you've got are great. I like it a lot better than last year's. I'll tell you that. I mean, for like, I, I was sold on the headliners alone. Like, give me Blink, Blink, Fred again, and Skrillex all day long. Also, all day. I don't know if it's controversial, but one of the best festival bands, the Wombats. Interesting, are they? <clears throat> like, you forget, you forget how many songs you'd know of the Wombats. Uh. And I, thought, I think they played reading a couple of years ago and i saw i watched them and i was like this is just like they played middle of the day on the main stage yeah and it was just like such a vibe booster damn because it's like it's just happy indie yeah that's true actually i'll tell you who's uh got a massive slot as well as ash nico yeah huge huge slot for ash nico i remember i was doing press a couple of years ago at, i was ready yeah. yeah and she was walking around with what can only be described as well, it was a giant clitoris. Yeah. A on legs. Like, yeah. I, I, when I say that, you're imagining like a realistic one. It was like No, it was, it was like a cartoon monstery. Yeah. Evil twisted looking one, but yeah. I mean I hope I hope the clip monster's back I, at reading. <laughs> Cuz I I feel like I was just waiting around to interview someone and then she walked in with that and I was just like all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so there's there's a lot of festival announcements at the moment what's your favorite festival that's lineup wise in the uk in the uk you say mm -hmm. well i don't know probably download controversial downloads downloads very very strong 
very, very strong. I mean, the thing is, it's getting a lot of heat online. But I feel like that's only going to drive the algorithm. Yep. (laughs) Keep commenting. It's like, the more people hate on it, the more people see it. Yeah. And I feel like the people that aren't going to buy tickets because of it, probably very minority. In comparison to the ones that are. Yeah. Yep. I 100% agree. Yeah. There could be loads of busted fans buying tickets for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, dude, 100%. Like, let's keep that gateway band energy going. Well, speaking of bands at Download Festival, there is a band that's going to be on the main stage of Download Festival on Saturday night who are heading out on the road this week. Enter Shikari have got a massive show going, or massive tour going in 2024. And they've got support coming from the Fever 333 as well. And it's a nice little segue to uh their collab they've dropped a tune with each other so we'll give this this in my grip i have heard it before so yeah i've heard this as well but we'll give it a quick little spin it's just a fucking curb stomper of a tune in it yeah four to the floor yeah just pure drop kicks i think the first time i ever saw let live was supporting chikari was it back in the day yeah no way can't remember what year it was early 2010s probably yeah maybe 2014 something like that maybe 13 i don't know I remember when Let Live first came onto the scene and Jason was like really in his chaotic phase yeah. and they came into Kerrang when it was based in Birmingham and he was just looking all day for somewhere to do a backflip and in the end he settled on, you know those ones where you run up a wall and you put one foot on a wall and then flip over like that? Yeah. Just did that next to the boss's <laughs> desk and it was like sick. Like it was well worth your time today. So yeah, Enter Shikari heading out on the road very soon and in fact, speaking of and Shikari's social media, Rao posted a little thing on Instagram. Uh, just quickly, has that video made your eyes really funny? Yeah, it has. Yeah, I've just started <laughs> looking at your face and your face is moving. I was like, am I tripping? No, yeah, like, it. yeah, it's one of those like optical illusion yeah. things. But um, yeah, Rue posted on Instagram. Rue? Rao posted on Instagram that he is working on like a little remix for Gap in the Fence which would be great to see that one on a set list because I can't remember the last time I heard Gap in the Fence live. I don't think I ever have. Mm. Can't even remember what the hell it goes like. <laughs> it seems like every gap in the fence will be... Uh, gap in the fence. I'm sick yeah. of these gaps in my fence. <laughs> that, that one, yeah. That one, that's exactly how it goes, bro. Right, we don't have long left in this hour, but before we do, I want to talk about Elenium. Elenium. Elenium, Yeah. Because Elenium is one of my favorite producers of all time. And he did some shows in, well, in fact, it was two shows in Los Angeles over the weekend at SoFi Stadium, where the Rams and the Chargers play. Sold out both nights, of course, because he's one of the biggest dance producers on the planet. And basically played his three albums in entirety, start to finish, but with loads of different production chops and changes and mashups. And it's just fucking ridiculous. Like, like watching this guy go to work, man, and like the way in which he uses his own songs, it's genius. What does he? Is he just there, there doing the? Well, you'll you'll see in a sec- you'll see in a second. So the first first clip I've got to play for you is this cheeky little numb remix that he does. Oh, you find what are these little bits? They're like staging, <laughs> staging. Yeah, so like there's like different points in the show where he goes and performs from like different stages you know how like bands have like second and third stages yeah. at their own gigs got loads so which which clip one, is this two three four five six seven. scroll up a second oh this is the i one. one sec go to the third one because i want to say the third one's the 
Uh, so yeah, this is the one with Chris from Motionless in White. That's sick. So fucking awesome to see like names getting that kind of stage because Swaco and Trippy Red came out for Story of My Life. Avril came out for Eyes Wide Shut. I imagine if Spirit Box weren't currently on the road with oh, Architects, uh, yeah. Courtney probably would have come out for. They must have flew back just for the Grammys then. Yeah, last night. Yeah, geez, yeah, I totally forgot about it because they've literally been in Europe with Architects. Yeah. For, for the last, I time. guess you, if you nominated for a Grammy, you can't really miss it. Can you? Yeah, yeah, you don't really want to say, "Oh, I'm busy that night." Yeah, the biggest. Because imagine just like it's it's mad that like a band like that are in the same crowd as like Beyonce, yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, Courtney <laughs> tweeted she was like, "Oh, I've just looked over and Beyonce's wearing a cowboy hat. I'm really happy." <laughs> well, speaking of motionless in white who you just saw Chris, lead singer of Motionless and White, coming out with Elenium at SoFi Stadium for the trilogy shows. Joining us in hour two of today's show, we have Saints of the Undead Clothing, who has made custom outfits for people like Chris and the rest of Motionless and White, for bands like Atreyu, as well as pro wrestlers like Soraya, formerly known as Paige in AEW and WWE, and Rhea Ripley, the current WWE Women's Champion. And in hour two of today's show, we will be joined by lee from saints of the undead yeah some say it's the reason she's the champion the, I, that's one thing i do want to ask you about because like champion. he has made clothing for a lot of champions like one of my questions is gonna be like as soon as people put your stuff on is that it like it's just winner's blood yeah it's the winning jacket yeah winner's jacket yeah it's all in the threads baby well that is it for our one in today's show my friends we will see you in hour two where at quarter past eight, we will be joined by Saints of the Undead. In the meantime, go to the toilet, grab a drink, stay hydrated. Grab a shit. I need a shit. Yeah, we don't have it I probably won't do one now. <laughs> you never know. That. I'm going to tickle Ollie during the break and see what happens. Right, we'll see you in a second. Yes, my friends. And welcome back to the John Mahon Show, our two powered by Forever Fucking Loud. Welcome back, bitch. Baby. I'd be a bit crass. Yeah. A bit rude. Don't often catch Ollie swearing. I don't often swear. No, you're not a bit I think like, like I'll probably, I say the uh, the outro of the show. Yeah. But I'm not, I don't use F and Jeff throughout yeah. the throughout. Yeah. I'm the swearer, the resident swearer. It's the brummy and me. Right, let's do a reaction. We were joined on last week's show by Chris from The Ghost Inside, who, as we mentioned in hour one, probably couldn't talk about the news that we received today on last week's show. However, it, then came to be pretty much as soon as last week's show finished, the the Ghost Inside were going to be announcing so much today. Brand new album on its way, which called Searching for Solace. Is it and a, a release date? <coughs> it is April 19th. 2024, baby. So let's get into it. Brand new Ghost Inside single called Wash It Away. We haven't heard Jonathan Not Vigil much. sing clean that much. No. I'm trying to think if there's any songs. There's the gang vocals in Engine 45, but that's gang vocals. Yeah. It's not solid lead singer energy. Well, Damn, well, well, well. son. So this is what Chris meant when he said that there's going to be a lot of surprises. Yeah, which isn't, I don't think it's a bad surprise. Not in it's the slightest. Like, There'll be all the people like, oh, wow, 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 clean singing. Yeah, get over it. It's, like, oh, it's a good song. It's a good song. Oh, you guys just sound like this, but this. No, they fucking don't. <laughs> I think this is a brand new era of the Ghost Inside, and I tell you what. Well, the, he was saying like Jonathan's got some pipes on him, man. Yeah, and he was saying 
like obviously the last album was their return album and I th- he said they played it a bit safe they just delivered a ghost what, inside record yeah what you'd expect <clears throat> so this is the album where they've actually been like right let's just do what we want to do yeah Oh my god! Nice. <laughs> Rewind that. I love a good choke. Yeah. Symbol choke. Oh, tss, tss. oh, that's so satisfying. Yeah, not your standard breakdown. Uh, no build, just sucker punch straight out of second chorus. Yeah. And uh side note, I wouldn't recommend playing your instrument underwater. Underwater or in this much rain. Yeah. Cause it will, it will ruin it. Yeah, but they sound great. <laughs> they sound fucking amazing. I imagine this is live, yeah, <laughs> live recorded, <laughs> live amazing. from the bottom of a lake. Jeez, you know what? he's like, he's got a great singing voice, dude. Where has this been hiding the entire time? The Ghost Inside have been a band. Like, if Jonathan Virgil had the capacity to do this the entire time, why has he waited this long? I know. What a fucking band, man. Very nice. Holy shit. That is huge. Well, if you're watching right now, what do you make of that brand new music from the ghost inside of their forthcoming record, Searching for Solace, which is going to be out April this year? Wash it away. Yeah, different direction, but still got the riffs. Still got the heaviness. I there's no- ah, I love that breakdown. Yeah. There's nothing to hate in that. Like, if you're a Ghost Inside fan, like, that is the best evolution of this band you could possibly hope for. Yeah. Well, yeah. Unless you're one of those that's like, where, where? I don't like change. Why don't they just play the same song (laughs) that I like all the time? (laughs) It's like the uh, band from from Star Wars Cantina. The Cantina band. And it's like, any, any requests? Play the same song again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, the Ghost Inside definitely aren't a fucking canteen band. They are pushing envelopes, boundaries, and making all sorts of waves, especially on that brand new song, Wash It Away. Let's go. Back in the UK later on this year for Slam Dunk Festival. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good stage. I Prevail. Yep. Funeral. Yep. Let's get Alexandria. Yep. Ghost Ghost Inside. Inside. Set It Off are on that stage as well. The, um, the blackout on that stage. So. The blackout are indeed on that stage, doing the best in town in its entirety. STF Royals. uppercut. Yeah. What a fucking rage that is. Just thinking. Do you reckon? Going back to that music video. <laughs> do you reckon they use like old instruments to record those videos? When because they, they know they're going to get soaked. They know they're going to get wet. Or do you reckon they get sent one just to destroy? Or. Do they have a guitar tech that hollows out all of the electrics and takes out all the electricity? Yeah, I could do. But then it's still, I can't imagine it's still, it's good. Like the water damage. The, yeah. Yeah, like on the wood. Yeah, wood and water infamously don't get I've always wondered that. And like, because there's so many music videos that are like, they're just playing in the rain. Yeah. I'm like, what do you do with that instrument afterwards? Yeah. Tell you what. Probably like, is salv- salvageable. But. but if you're one of those bands that are big enough, those guitars probably go off to like Hard Rock Cafe or something like that and get yeah. hung on a wall. Like, I wouldn't be surprised or, if there's like... Do you know what? It's probably like, if you've got an endorsement, you just message the, the company yeah. and be like, oh, I need to film this music video. <clears throat> We're going to get soaked. Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, we'll send you a guitar. Yeah. Like, it's not, so it's not even like your guitar. Yeah, we just we just need away. a placeholder if that's cool. Yeah, it's a good thing about endorsements. Yeah, wish we had an endorsement. 
And it. I tell you what we need an endorsement for is chairs because these chairs are so uncomfortable. <laughs> My back is, yeah. Dude, whenever I have to sit on these chairs and edit anything, it's... My back isn't even on the back of the seat. It's yeah, just... no, I spent half, half the show at my back on the back of the yeah. chair either. Well, my friend... <laughs> newbie to Zoom, sorry. Please welcome <laughs> to the show and show a lot of love and appreciation for Lee from Saints of the Undead. Two-man applause. Yeah, there we go. How are you doing, bro? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, good. all good. All the better for seeing you. How's life going at the moment? Oh, yeah, really good. Really, really good. Just loving life at the minute. I really am. So I'm liking, no complaints you, here. I'm liking the aesthetics you've set up for this shot. Perfect, <laughs> perfectly framed for your work in the background. <laughs> this is just where I spend most of my day in here. Obviously the jackets aren't normally there, but I thought I would just put them in for some effect. Oh, hell yeah. We appreciate the framing. <laughs> so this is, this is where the magic happens in terms of your business. Yeah. It's literally, it is just my spare bedroom. Um, Damn. About 12 by 8 foot, yeah. So hopefully in a couple of years' time, I'll be able to get a bit of a studio built on the side of the house. But it is just, like, the other side of this camera is just gear everywhere. So <laughs> this bit looks nice, but that bit doesn't. <laughs> Bro, that's amazing. Yeah. You've built such an internationally recognisable brand basically out of your spare room. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Um, it's been hard. It's been a long journey. But um, the past couple of years have been quite... Um, yeah, they've just been something else um, to the point where I can obviously do this full-time now. So that's always been the dream. Let's go. Well, tell us about your journey then. How how did you get into all of this? Where did you start? Um, I was in a band for like 10 years throughout my 20s. Um, and kind of at the end of that, I wanted us to, I was just wearing like camo shorts and band tees. And That's I just it. wanted us to look a certain way. So I said, oh, why don't we use like jackets, make some jackets. So we just kind of started doing them ourselves. Um, there was only four of us in, so we just didn't really know what we were doing. And I liked it. I like being creative. So when the band finished, I just kind of needed that creativity to something for me to do yeah it just went from there just made a few denim jackets and stuff then people wanted to buy a couple and for the first i would say about five six years it was just basically that a couple of jackets every other month or something like that but in god was it now 2024 in 2018 i put a website up put a few t-shirts up as well a couple of jackets and then just kind of built from there really so is all, all the designs done by you like do you like yeah. draw, draw them out or do the graphic design sort of thing um yeah so like the ones behind the prints i've got are just been done kind of on an ipad just Amazing. um for like the t-shirts and stuff like that we've outsourced maybe one or two um i think it was just like a logo with kind of outsourced just i didn't have the time to do it uh but everything else is kind of done by myself yeah damn and being a music show don't think we can just gloss over this you said you used to be in a band what was your <laughs> band called and what did you do so the band was called fallen fate um we were kind of rash slash metalcore um it kind of changed from release to release and we, we did well like we played download festival twice uh played Woodstock. um yeah like not on the main bill it was like do you remember i mean this we're talking like 10 12 years ago now but on like the day before on the thursday you know, do you remember the comedy tents yeah, like yeah. The, that one they used to have bands on there i think they still might do so we kind of because we headlined that one we were the last band to go on and that and then the year afterwards we were on like the um the forums used to have this kind of barbecue on the third stage the day before as well so we played that as well so we weren't on like the main kind of uh bill but we i can say i played download twice so I, uh, <laughs> i'm yeah, gonna hang on to can. that for as long as i live fuck <laughs> yeah that's legitimate as anything man so what was your role in the band so i was a guitarist originally and then we released an EP, then the singer left, so I was doing guitars and vocals. Um, but 
that was pretty much it's kind of like what this is to me now it was kind of my baby i did everything um writing recording birch website pretty much everything so everything from that transitioned over to this really damn so you're very much a guy that once you start creating something like you go all in on the creative process yeah. like learning every micro element of it yeah pretty much everything i've learned from bands to clothing i've just learned by myself i think it's like it's one of those things i'm, I'm quite similar because i did music growing up but then got into video editing and it's just nice to have this like creative output like it doesn't matter oh yeah what as long as i'm just creating something i feel like i'm happier and i feel like that's yeah so it shows I, work. I feel like I've, I've done something and i can see it and i know i've done that and it's yeah. like it's give, gives me a bit of self-worth from my job side of things obviously family and everything's different but from my job i want to have i don't know leave a bit of legacy behind i've, I've done something with my time and it's just cool um, like something that's come from your brain just ends up on someone's body <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like a, i always compare myself to a tattooist i think yeah. where they their art goes on someone's body and mine goes on a jacket but i guess with mine people can then sell it where you can't really sell there's some black but, markets uh, <laughs> so i've got this back piece that i'm just trying to get rid of does anyone want it <laughs> get on the dark web <laughs> oh that's amazing well i met you at manchester horicon with cookie and i loved your stand because of the way in which like you laid out all of your work and there was, uh, I believe there's like a monitor there showing like a reel of your mm. stuff as well. And I'd never thought about this from like a clothing aspect, but how important are conventions to someone who creates in the way that you create? Cause it seemed as though like, I remember chatting to you, like you were you're making some sales that weekend, but it was also like really cool for people who've seen your work on other people to come meet you and talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, I've done tattoo fest in the past and they're a bit hit and miss because you think tattoo and kind of alternative stuff go hand in hand, but a lot of the time it doesn't. Um, so half the people that are walking past at those kind of conventions weren't bothered, but obviously at the horror convention, it was like everyone's there and everyone's there for that reason. Um, so thanks for, for saying about the stand. I really think the visual is quite really important as well. Kind of like it is on a jacket. I want my people walk past my stand to notice it um even just putting some daft neon lights up as well i think catches some people's eyes yeah. so on the tv yeah i liked having the tv up it showed some of my previous work that wasn't there um but yeah it was really cool that people came over and people were just watching the telly a lot because they'd see kind of rear on there or they'd see most of some white on there so they were just kind of watching the telly more than interested <laughs> in me a lot at the time which which was cool um and then they just potter off and come back a couple of hours there i feel like you're well, i really like really like those conventions i feel like your designs are very well very like horror-esque is, is that like an inspiration for you for some of your work yeah i mean when i first started doing the the leather stuff and even some of the denims i was always interested in having like the big um like a big ghost face on the back or a pinhead just a really big image on the back yeah. and obviously those horror villains are, are great for that even stuff like skulls i love having like a big skull on the back just like a really big back piece um but horror just goes really really well with the stuff i do so and obviously i love it as well so i just uh it's perfect really do you ever like when you draw in those sort of things do you like put some music on to get you in the in the in the mood for it it's it's weird sometimes it depends what mood i'm in i'll either have music on uh movies podcasts sometimes series or just sometimes just silence it sounds weird but sometimes just being in the zone and drawing something and just having enough no other distraction is dead nice but sometimes i'll just have just metal playing really loud and that's just as good it's 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 strange it totally depends on the day and how i'm feeling that's amazing and like on the note of your designs like i know you mentioned that like your backstory is kind of like you know being in bands and wanting to 
do your own sort of like creative on on that side of things but how did you find out that you're good at something like this like you know when it came to like the band decision it was like uh, were you good at yeah. drawing or anything like that that meant that you kind of could put together a design and color schemes or was it just the fact that you were like fuck it let's just give it a go see what happens i've always been like when i was a kid i used to draw mm. and like i think i was okay as a kid but i was never like I couldn't draw something just from my head and go, you know, you see some artists and they're amazing and they just can draw anything and like people's faces and hands and stuff like that. They're like the hardest things to draw and they can just seem to do it from the head. I can't do that. Mm. I need some reference material to draw from. And I feel like I'm good at looking at something and then interpreting it and then drawing from that. But I'm not like a super arty guy where I, I, if I went to art school, I probably would have failed. It's that type of thing, you know? Um, but I started I only got into the painting side of it a couple of years back. It was more with denims. It was like cutting materials out and sticking the, the sticking stuff onto it, like making a Frankenstein jacket almost, mm. um, getting bits of material or cutting bits of T-shirt up um, just because I thought that was a bit different. It was a bit kind of grungy and kind of looks a bit dirty but cool at the same time. Um, but it's only been the past three years or so I started to paint. Um and even that start was a bit of a shit short start to be fair. Like it wasn't great, but I've kind of just, I don't know, I'm quite patient with it. And when I can see the finished product in my head, I'm just driven to kind of get to it. So I think that's kind of where it comes from. What's like the average time it takes to do like a, a big piece? Um, Usually about two days, maybe. Damn. That's for, from the start of studying and spiking and all the painting, but it depends if there's a lot of detail in it. Yeah. It might take a bit longer, but sometimes it's it depends on the size as well. If you've got a small ladies' jacket, it's going to be quicker than like mm. a 3XL jacket. But yeah, about two days, I'd say. Damn. And like with something like this, how do you know when it's finished? Because I feel like with what you do, it's one of those things that you could keep adding stuff to or yeah. keep finding stuff and be like, oh, maybe I, I could change this or I could add this or I could do this. Like, do you have to have yeah. a bit of self discipline where you're like, no? This project's done. Don't touch it anymore. Leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think with my designs, I always want it to be not not too customised, so not too over the top, because I want people to be able to wear it to a gig or an event, but then they can go down the pub in it as well. Do you know what I mean? Or mm. they can go on like a shopping day and kind of just put it over the top, some casual clothes, and it not look out of place. So obviously if the customer wants it to be over the top, that's great. But I think my normal style would be to have it customized but not over the top and that's why you're saying i could then add loads more studs or more paintwork here but i think negative spaces are just as important as filled spaces as well so it kind of amplifies the other bits oh 100 so that's that's my discipline that i'm still kind of toying with sometimes yeah because <laughs> yeah like we're the, yeah. we're the same with this show we're like oh we could do this we could do this let's just let's just try and like not over complicate things like when we yeah. first started i was like let's go like five days a week and ollie was like cool do you want to book in five guests every single week <laughs> sometimes less is more especially with us <laughs> yeah 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. well i mean speaking of this show we've actually spoken to a couple of people that you've worked with we've had uh, ricky from motionless in Y, and we've had brandon from atreyu on this show yeah. before both of which have sported proudly some of your creations how did it come to be that you met and came across these guys and how did they end up working with you um i guess everyone's got a different type of story ricky was obviously from chris when i did chris's jacket and then i did one for ryan um and then on the latest tour ricky then wanted one as well so it, it's literally every kind of encounter has been from my memories through instagram that's so basically just where everything goes um, all the wrestlers all the bands is literally just instagram 
a couple of emails here and there, but it's mainly just through there. Um, who was like yeah, the, and everyone's been sorry. Who was like the first like big name you got? The first one was um, New Year's Day. Oh. Um, so that was a bit of a. It was hard that one because Ash um, messaged me and said, "Oh, we've got this video shoot, and um, we want to get some jackets for the guys." So I was like, "Cool." Um, and it was like the the biggest kind of job I'd had so far. And then she sent jackets over for the guys and they got stuck in customs for literally about four weeks. <laughs> and my ass was like, just going. And I was like, oh. um, so they were, I was ringing like um, everyone, UPS, border control, anyone I could speak to. And they were just like, oh, just become when they come. And it was kind of like at the back end of COVID. So everyone would just use that as an excuse. And I was like, shit. And then I think they came, we had four jackets doing four sleeveless jackets. And they came with literally about a week to spare before I had to ship them back. And I was just like, I'm not going to get this done. So I hammered them out and got half of them done for the video shoot, got them back, and they literally arrived with them on the morning of the video shoot. So it was like the Metal Gods were kind of in my favor. Yeah, they were. Because <laughs> if they hadn't arrived and they didn't wear that for that video shoot, then maybe the next thing wouldn't have happened. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's scary how these little things could just everything could be different yeah man um, like you just sometimes you just need one thing to fall your way yeah. and like all of yeah. a sudden it's like cool now we go yeah there's there's, <laughs> there's one multiverse where you're just an accountant or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i still work at my old job which yeah. was for i was working for a credit card literally last year wow. um so yeah oh that's awesome though so you've been able to say goodbye to that life and just focus full-time on this then yeah I worked in I worked in retail for like fourteen years, and then I moved over to to work for a bank for like three years. But I was working from home, so I could still do some stuff, um, kind of in my lunch and stuff like that when I was working sometimes. Um, and there, I've just kind of made the choice in summer last year that I need to just to go for it. Um, I was getting really kind of stressed that I couldn't, and because obviously I've I've got a house, I've got a wife, I've got a child, and it's like, is this going to be self? sufficient for me to cover my wages you know all that stuff to think of like any self-employed person does but it's been literally the best decision i could have done um Hell yeah by far by far oh that's amazing and i mean did did that decision last summer just so happen to coincide with around the time of like aw all in where you stood in a stadium watching someone come to the <laughs> ring wearing your work and then winning a title it was a bit before that so i'd already done um Saray's jacket back in January. That was the same type of thing with New Year's Day. I'd, I'd done a, the first jacket for Saraya and then I hadn't heard anything. She said she liked it and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, um, when do you want it? And then I heard nothing for a couple of days. And then it was like on a Sunday night and it was either her or one of her assistants said, right, we need this jacket for Wednesday in LA. Can you get it? And I was like, uh, you know, I'm in the UK, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So literally over. UPS pulled a, a worldie and got it to them again. It was on the morning on the Wednesday and it got there. So she wore it on, on the, that day. Um, but the, the Wembley thing was, was, it was crazy. Like the show was great and she wore the jacket and a little headpiece I did for her. And we met her afterwards and she had the title and stuff like that. And all of her family was there and it was just like, we were sat in like the Royal box. Like what am I doing sat there? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you You've earned your seat there, sir. That's exactly <laughs> what you're doing there. <laughs> but yeah, it was that was it was mental. It was a really good show as well. I've already booked up for next year. Sick. Um, yeah, it was such a good show. 
and let's hope lightning can strike twice and Soraya picks up the title again away from Tony Storm. But one thing I wanted to ask you, man, is like, dude, you have got champions associated with your work. Like, is it the case that as soon as someone gets something from you, like their career just takes off? Because, yeah, yeah because Damien Priest, Mr. Money in the Bank, Rhea Ripley, uh, women's champion. Soraya comes to the ring wearing your gear, immediately AEW women's champion. And uh, I like that spell where, like, well, I guess two of them slide. It was just mad seeing, like, my logo on a jacket and the belt. It was just like, I've been watching wrestling since I was, like, eight or something. So seeing that is just, just a bit of a mindful. Oh, so you were a long-time wrestling fan as well. So this kind of oh, yeah. means more to you because you've, like, seen the evolution of wrestling gear over the years. Uh, yeah. Back from, like, Ultimate Warrior, I think that was the first kind of time I started watching wrestling. Yeah um i always remember one that sticks in my head vividly where it was like thick and it was like this multi kind of like the is he wore multicolored stuff and mm. drapes didn't he? And he was he was like viewed this multicolored stuff i don't know if that was a if that is a memory or not but i remember it <laughs> and that's my first memory of of wrestling back in the day and obviously through the the years with the rock and stone cold and the undertaker they were the, the kind of prime years i think but i'm really enjoying watching wrestling the past couple of years now i think it's really really picked up from a bit of a lull about maybe 10 years ago oh 100% like I was the biggest wrestling kid growing up like Attitude Era Jeff Hardy like Circa Wrestlemania 17 still inspires how I dress as a grown man but for me I kind of fell out of love with it around about John Cena taking over for a bit too long when it went like just Cena wins lol like that was basically it when it went went more PG didn't it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, and like yeah yeah, and it just it just made it harder to love the product and like it came a bit like uncool to like wrestling and then it was NXT that actually wrote me back in to wrestling and it was like the class of like Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor um, when they came over to wrestle at um, Wembley yeah. for NXT that was what got me back into it wow I didn't um, I didn't know they came over to Wembley was that that was that just the um, arena yeah yeah that was that was just yeah. the arena that was NXT and I want to say Finn Balor headlined that show and I want to say it was either Samoa Joe or Shinsuke that he beat for the NXT title but one thing I did want to ask you about now that I know that you're into wrestling as a long-term fan as well, was there anything from yeah. either like wrestling or metal music that kind of like inspired your taste in fashion in, in that way? Were there any people that you remember going and idolizing from a fashion standpoint? Um, I mean, I was a fan of the Hardys as well. Hardys yeah. later, I'm such a big fan. So obviously, I guess the big kind of black camos that the Hardys used to wear with like the the skinny tops and the stuff on their arms. The fishnets. Like that. that was like, yeah, that was a vibe. But I I didn't really kind of copy it too much because I think it would have been a bit <laughs> too much for me to be walking about with that. I did have long hair at the time and a massive beard. So maybe I was too metal heady looking to do it. Uh, um, you know what I mean? I was kind of stuck in the, um, I don't know, the... It's like the early 2000s. Call it. <clears throat> early 2000s, like, I don't know new metal-y phase wasn't it? it wasn't new metal it was like um new wave of american metal salama gods yeah, um, oh, yeah. kill switch that type of stuff on earth shadows fall that was kind of what i was into so i had long hair big beard um and I had that throughout most of my 20s to be fair um so yeah i was definitely a camos or black jeans and i'll say that i've got black jeans in it and a top on that <laughs> <but. laughs> i've got the short hair no beard now it's fucking movies uh <laughs> yeah we more, both, more, both more of us fun. turned baby face towards the end because i did start on <laughs> yeah. my twins i had a big beard as well it looked like a rodent had died on the lower half of my face it was horrific just aging backwards <clears throat> both of you genuinely well, <laughs> speaking of pro wrestling like 
what, without a shadow of a doubt, the most dominant women's champion of recent memory. In fact, like the last time there was this amount of hype around a women's champion, like was either China, like when China was being dominant, or maybe like the man era of Becky Lynch's reign. But Rhea Ripley is coming to the ring and nine times out of 10 wearing something that you've made either on pay-per-view or weekly television. Like... How insane has that been for your business, having such major support from such a major role model at the moment? Yeah, she's massive, isn't she? Um, and she's she deserves everything because she's she's so good. Like she's like, do you know when Stone Cold was a heel, but everyone still loved him? Yeah. Like, and you you're trying to be a baddie, but everyone just cheers you anyway. She's that, isn't she? She's yep. like the new Stone Cold. Um, and I I just love her. She's class. Um, making stuff for us so easy and she's really nice and really kind of um just really appreciative of what i do obviously some people you work with are like making me this you send it they say cheers but she's like dead thankful and stuff like that and we got to meet her at a show in newcastle as well um and she was just she was just dead nice um just the perfect person to kind of work with and the fact that she's doing what she's doing and kind of reinventing almost the especially for for women um it's just yeah i'm 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 really really lucky to be able to work with her how did it first come about this relationship um i i, I was following her and i think she kind of saw some like reels i'd done maybe i think it was more for some white jackets i did like a reel of a couple of ones that i'd done so i think she just messaged me and said really like the work you do and i was like oh shit great um and i think i must just saying anytime you want anything making then let me know and then it just went silent for a couple of months which i didn't expect yeah. anything else and then i think it was before wrestlemania last year i think i just thought okay i'll go for it and i just sent her a message saying do you want something making wrestlemania and she was like yeah so i just made that was the first jacket i'd done and i was like is you, you're bro the grandest <laughs> stage of them all and that is where she's debuting your work are you kidding like, it's like you're already in the DMs. You might as well shoot. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, yeah. It was the same as with Saraya as well. I just thought the same thing. I pitched an idea to her. I think it was when she released the first T-shirt that I put on the back of the first jacket. I think it was like the kind of it was like a coffin or I'm not sure what it was with the green one. And I just pitched her an idea and said, "This will look really cool." Pitched the whole idea and she was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So. Dang, don't ask you don't get that's fucking amazing man and inspirational as well like very very inspirational and in fact before before i leave wrestling one thing i did want to ask is like are there anything that you have to bear in mind whilst making stuff for wrestlers like i'm like these aren't clothes that they take bumps in but they might like it could be like it's something they wear to a ring but like say for example Rhea could be coming out of the title and someone could jump her from the back and she's still wearing your stuff so it's like did you have to bear that in mind whilst putting together it's like hey they might have to take bumps in these at some point kind of it probably gives me the most anxiety when i'm seeing them walk down <laughs> and when i see them take it off you know when the camera hasn't cut and i'm like i need to hire it don't need the hire the jacket and i'm like what are you doing? <laughs> like, I know it's not mine anymore, but I made that. Just be careful with it, please. <laughs> Someone pick that up. And then, <laughs> yeah. And the other week, um, Priest came down in the newest jacket we'd done for him. Fucking love that jacket. I think it looks really cool, really suits him. And then I think McIntyre just absolutely booted him one against the corner of the ring. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> please take the jacket off first. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I shouldn't care, but I do, but it's just, I don't know. Well, in fact, actually, now that I think maybe. about it, the, your work might be being worn twice in one night, because I think Motionless in White 
have just been named like the theme song for the pay-per-view. The w- yeah, the Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. pay-per-view. So there's a strong chance if Rhea comes to the ring wearing your stuff and motionless in white or on some sort of video packet wearing your work, you could yeah. be twice in one night on a WWE product. <laughs> It'd be good if they like, because I know at WrestleMania they used to have bands play them in, didn't they? I don't know what they did for Rhea a couple of years back at WrestleMania. So that'd be cool, yeah. Damn, imagine that, dude. Like, it's <laughs> it's amazing, though, because, like, when when I grew up watching wrestling, I remember thinking, like, you see these people wearing these clothes that you never see in day-to-day yeah. life. But then people, yeah. as they get older, they try and take, like, bits of inspiration, when like whether it's the Hardy Boys with the trousers or, like, you know, like the fishnet tops or whatever. They try and incorporate bits of them. And I like to think there's probably going to be a crop of, like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds who at the moment are watching people like Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley who are working out in the gym to I prevail and motionless and white. And they're looking at your clothing hopefully one day gonna go actually do you know what? i want to dress like that i want to try and find where these clothes are coming from are these kids in the gym <laughs> seven eight nine <laughs> ten years in the gym <laughs> nine year olds just pumping in the gym <laughs> just like banging pre-workout before school <laughs> <laughs> i've never thought of that that's a really nice nice thought actually yeah i've never thought about that yeah uh, that's that's super cool yeah yeah man like, i don't doubt that one day that you're probably going to have some young wrestling fan being like i saw your work on rear ripley like let me get one of these um, yeah but that's why i love what i do because like we're booked up till like june next year with custom orders Jeez. and like people say like the same type of thing like i'm getting one of your jackets and you've had you've made it for so and so and that just makes me feel really nice and i'm even more pressure to do a really good job for them you know and you've got the web store as well which has others like hoodies and t-shirts and stuff don't you yeah we've got the merch and stuff on that i don't promote it at all i really don't um well let us help you out now talk about it and we'll clip <laughs> it and we'll whack it out for you bro well on the website i mean they've got t-shirts beanies hoodies all kind of desired by myself um but like i say, we don't really promote it so it's there so if people go on the website to look at jackets and stuff like that yeah. they'll see that's there um i mean it's it works fine it, it all kind of sells and stuff like that but um it's mainly when we do like kind of horror releases that's kind of when big interest comes because people can kind of resonate with the movies and the favorite ones and stuff like that so that's what we've started to do recently with more kind of horror themes especially around halloween hell yeah and in terms of the stuff that you got moving forward is there anything that you're working on the moment that you can tell us about that won't get you in any trouble is there anything exciting coming up out of your book between now and next year i've just sent one to Rhea a couple of days ago um but i'm not going to say what it's for um and I've just had something confirmed today, which is really, really big. Probably maybe some of the biggest stuff I've done, but I can't say what it is yet. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. And I've got another potential one that, again, could be like one of the biggest kind of things I've done for someone. Uh, but it's with these th- things, people talk to you, then they disappear for a couple of weeks, and then you think it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden they go, all right, let's start. And you're like, oh, fuck, okay. Um, so I'm just keeping my fingers crossed on that, that last one. I think it's just like the more big names you get, the more people are going to want to work with you. <laughs> so just like snowballs. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, when we did those New Year's Day jackets, that gave me credibility to say, okay, so this guy can do something and someone with, of, of, with a big name trusts him. And do you know what I mean? So before that, it was hard to kind of break into that. Um, but it is, it's all about credibility. And I feel like I'm I'm really easy to work with. Um, I like to put my ideas across and collaborate with whoever it is I'm working with. And nine times out of ten, they'll kind of give me that 
um, which is really kind of nice to have that trust from them. Hell yeah. What's the hardest piece that you've ever had to put together? Like, what's the one that's like taking the longest and the one that you're like, you look back and you're like, I enjoyed that, but that was a motherfucker to put together. Um, I don't think any of them, to be fair. I don't, they've all you been, know what you do. It's, some have been hard, but like, like the first one we did for Rhea, that was quite tricky because the back had like wings on the back. And, but then that went on to, I did two for priests that have had the same. And it's kind of anything you do that is symmetrical on either side. So I just do it freehand. And it's kind of, you do one side, then it's like, oh shit, I need to match it up now. And it's like, it's just using my eyes, basically. I don't use any rulers or tape or anything. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's quite tough. So they, I guess they are the tough ones, but they're the ones that normally look the best once they're done. Sick. Worth it. Damn, as if you freehand it as well. I'd be too anxious, man. I'd have to stencil absolutely everything. <laughs> like my hands are just like, oh. <laughs> no, it's, um, I think that's probably one of my, the stuff I do, to be fair, if I showed someone how to do it, they probably could learn it quite quick. But I think my my skill would be the vision to kind of see what someone wants and then I can see the finished product and that kind of um, size placement so I can see the size of what I want to do and I can freehand it. So I'm lucky that I can do that um, quite, quite easily. So I think if I struggled with that, then I would, I would struggle to do some of the pieces that I do. I wonder, do you ever worry that it's not going to fit when you send them, send it yeah. over? Like... <laughs> I've not had anyone complain yet. Um, to, that I can remember. Um, so yeah, that's always, because obviously UK to US or Europe, it's like yeah, yeah, someone yeah. will say I'm a, I'm a small and you go, well, what is that? Is that like a, a lady's size eight or, do you know what I mean? So you've always got that little bit of um, fear. So if you've ever got that, it's always better to go and raise a size up because I think sometimes when it's a custom piece, even if it's a bit oversized, it looks cool. Yeah. Um, especially on on ladies, I think they can pull off the kind of oversized baggy look. Um, but yeah, that is it is a bit of a um, anxiety buster that one. Yeah. Yes. If they get it and it doesn't fit, and I'm like, oh, shit, what am I going to do now? I can't like make it smaller. Yeah, yeah especially for a pro wrestler as well, because like their bodies can change like quite dramatically depending on whether they're on a pay per view cycle or not. Yeah. Yeah. Rhea's like obviously she's hench, and she wants like the smallest jackets, and I'm like, really, is this going to fit? You? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And then, because obviously it looks nice and tight on it, it makes it look even bigger then. So <laughs> that's, I guess that's why I think I'm smaller. Well, that's fine by me. I can get more kind of stuff on it then and everything. Everything looks better on a smaller jacket because I can make things really big and it fills it out more. Um, and if it doesn't fit, just make it sleeveless. You can just take them off. Well, that, that's that's the good thing with the sleeveless ones because yeah. it's even if it's tight under your arms, you can still kind of get away with it. So, But with the sleeve, sleeved ones, if it gets to there and you can't get it down, then I've got a problem. Yeah. Hell yeah. Are there any bands that you'd love to collab with that you haven't like worked with already? Like Any bands that, like, if they approach you, you'd be like, firstly, this is a tick off the bucket list, but secondly, like, I've got so many ideas as to what I could do with you. Yeah. I mean, Ice Nine Kills it would be one to go with because yeah. uh, obviously horror and stuff like that. And... Um, but I know the kind of the last tour and cycle of the one suit, so I don't know how that would work. Um, but you never know. I don't know what they're going to do on the next one. That would be cool. Um, I don't know. I just, I think I've kind of been in this. Um, it's strange because we've done New Year's Day, we've done Motionless and White and Rhea, and both of them bands have done entrance songs to Rhea. So it was kind of like, it was like a cool little gang I was in. Um, <laughs> even though I was probably not in the gang, I was the outsider, but I still felt like I was in it. Hell um, yeah, you are. So that, <laughs> So, and then Atrey was a band that I've kind of loved for years, um, you know, growing up and that was cool when that one came along. 
but just literally, I mean, I, I want to say one, but that's kind of the one that I've not been said earlier, so ah. I can't really say it. So that's why I'm kind of like keeping everything crossed with that one, so I don't really want to give that one away. No, we, we won't press you anymore, <laughs> but like, hopefully that dream does come true, because you absolutely deserve it, man. Like, your, your stuff's fucking amazing, but like, Thank what you. I love about your story is it's dripping in independency as well. Like, everything that you've done has been the definition of independent. Like, we're big on the show about supporting independent. Like, the first guest that we had on was Ralph from Shikari. They are possibly the most independent band on the biggest scale in the UK at the moment. And I mean, Cookie at the moment is setting up her own custom range of clothing stuff. And yeah. as someone who has been in that position, setting up, taking a leap into the unknown, trusting your skill set, what advice would you give to anyone like Cookie in that position who is just about to venture out into, especially like the clothing industry, which is very different, you know, music and television and movies. Like what advice would you give to anyone who's looking to go at clothing independently? I, I saw the, um, the little promo she put up and yeah, it looked really cool. Look yeah. Really, yeah, it looked really cool, the little video thing. So so straight away that's a big tick. Um I think it takes time, it does. Like so I've been doing this ten years now. It's only been the past couple of years where I've had like some success. Um try not to be too hard on yourself, keep learning. Um don't get stuck in the same shit. You know, keep on trying to do do new things. Um and I think when you've got your products, get them sounds daft but just get them photographed well so because everyone's scrolling instagram and everyone's scrolling past shit and you want somebody to make someone stop and have a look at it so i spend a lot of time editing my instagram photos so hopefully it gives it the most pop so people would stop and have a look and apart from that there's not really much else i can give it just it's it's a bit of a long slog i guess so. a lot of people yeah go ahead yes or know your audience as well because i imagine because obviously your sort of style caters to a certain demographic i guess do you like target your sort of ads to that or is there any i don't use don't use ads anymore i used to but i never got any traction from them from being honest oh, really? i've spent money on ads and was pointless really. i suppose when your stuff's being um, repped on like major television networks in the united oh, yeah. states of america it's that, like that, well yeah. there's an instagram <laughs> sponsor post really yeah. matter now <laughs> No, but even before that, with I was, I was even before that happened, I was still doing sponsored posts on Instagram with the jackets, kind of photographing the same way. And if anything, I felt like it was making the posts less engaging. Mm -hmm. um, what I found, anyway, I don't know what it's like now, um, but it's interesting about demographic because you'd see people and you'd go, that person would love a jacket, and then they don't. It's normally the people, especially on Instagrams, a lot of people who maybe are a bit more introvert and shy um maybe he's like those things and i'll get dms from people booking in who are more um kind of um like that maybe some a piece like that will give them more confidence to go out and kind of it, it's it's a bit of a showcase for them so i really like getting those people in um and making something for them because if that gives them like that confidence to go out and be more yeah. confident that's that's brilliant hell yeah well lee we can't thank you enough for your time today my friend like it has been an honor to chat to you and to listen to your story but before we let you go where can people find your stuff where can people support you help you out um so everything's on my website so if people want to book in um it is mainly through instagram i'll, I'll reply to anyone who messaged me um so if anyone wants to book in for a jacket they can go through there and, and have a chat or our website saintsandead.com there's an email address there, there's a chat function, it all comes to me. It's, it's literally just me doing everything. So any place you come through, it'll come through to me. And then we'll just have a chat and see what you want to do. Hell yeah. And are you doing any of the festivals this summer in the UK? Like Slam Dunk, Download, Bloodstock, any of those? I'd, I'd like to do Slam Dunk, but 
from the horror stories from last year. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm sure it'll be sorted, but I'm not entirely sure. Just don't drive. I'd love to do the download again, but I haven't been for so long. I don't know if I can hack it in a tent now. I'm, I'm getting close to 40. I don't know if I can sleep in a tent anymore. Um, <laughs> and Bloodstock, I, I love Bloodstock. Um, but it's just it's just the cost and then it's time away from work and i need to mm. think about those things now yeah that's um, true. But, um yeah i'd love to go to all of them to be bad i love going to festivals i think it's so cool well fingers crossed you find some time in your busy schedule for a festival this this season otherwise we'll try and cross paths at aw's all-in show at wembley stadium yeah. later on where fingers crossed soraya can go two for two wearing a gear to the <laughs> ring and picking up a belt but lee thank you so much for your time today my friend show a lot of love and appreciation for saints of the undead clothing cheers lee no worries bro thank you so much take care man cheers, man. cheers. bye <laughs> Oh, what a fucking legend, man. What a fucking geezer. Like, so impressive. It's just him. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Like, just when. Out of his spare room. Yeah. And, like, I hope that to anyone who's watching this episode right now, that inspires you because it is quite literally that easy of just going, cool, I've got, I've got a bit of spare space well, in my house. I'm going to do this with it. It's one of those things that's like, he started off as a hobby and doing it on the side and then. Yeah, a few years down the line, it's his full-time job now. Yeah. So if you've got a business idea, if you've got a dream, just do it. Yeah, don't talk about it. Just fucking just do it. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Just like we decided to do with this show. This show is pretty much me going to Ollie like, hey, I've got this idea. And Ollie was like, right, rein your neck in a little bit and then let's talk. Like, I was like, <laughs> do I have to be on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the amount of back and forth between me and Ollie, me having to persuade him to get on camera because he's good. He's so fucking good at doing this. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm just going to leave loads of silence there. <laughs> well, my friends, that is the end of another episode of the John Mahon Show. But before we get out of here, I can actually tell you, I'm like, I, I will tell you, because like we did talk about it on Instagram earlier, and he was like, yeah, keen for next Monday. I think I've got one guest lined up for next week. Ooh. Catch him on the main stage at Download Festival 2024 on the Saturday. We're going to be joined by Ryan from The Hunter. The Hunter? Yeah light up like a bonfire yeah whatever the lyric is <laughs> close yeah i think they're either second or third on the main stage on the saturday nice a download this year so yeah ryan from the hunter is going to be joining us on monday's show but thank you ever so much for watching today my friends shout out to everyone in the chat shout out to bridget and nigel as well we appreciate your messages always left for me to say is my name's john mohan peace and love stay alive and i'm ollie we're out go fuck yourselves see you next week